This is the year to stop overpaying for your family plan. So choose a straight talk wireless family plan. Unlimited data, talk, and text on a reliable 5G network. And you can get a new line starting at $25 per line per month for four lines, plus taxes and fees and no contracts. That's good decision making. Available at Walmart and on straighttalk.com. Family plan discount with four lines, all on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. In times of traffic, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic. Video streams at up to 480p. Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson, you know, before they were legends of outlaw country, they were lost souls looking for their sound. Don't miss Mandy Moore and the new scripted audible original, The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer and the birth of outlaw country music. Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the rise of outlaw country music and its biggest stars. Hear how one woman's vision in her tiny living room, far from Nashville's music row, became the epicenter of a musical movement. Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in The Boar's Nest. Listen now at audible.com slash The Boar's Nest. Hey, it's Bobby Bones. Hey, I just want to say thanks to everybody who has stepped up for the St. Jude kids. St. Jude's doing incredible work fighting childhood cancer. And because of donations, like the ones that you get, families never receive a bill ever from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, food, none of that. Help St. Jude stop childhood cancer. Become a partner in hope. Get this awesome new This Shirt Saves Lives shirt. It's going to look great on you. So join all the doctors, researchers, and me in this fight. All right, text the word Bobby. It's only six numbers to 785-833. Again, text the word Bobby to just these six numbers, 785-833. All right, welcome to episode 168 with Jesse James Decker. We're, uh, by the way, a couple things. Jesse uh, brought cookies. And my question was, do I have to return the plate? This is a bit, looks like a very fancy plate. Yeah, that is a way to stay in touch with people. It's a oh, is it way. really? Yeah, so you're going to have to text me later and be like, I need my plate. I'm, I'm going to give you your plate back. Oh, look at that. Did you make these cookies? Yes, I did. You really did. I swear, I make everything from scratch. Are you kidding me? Those are chocolate chip oatmeal cookies. Obviously, you could see and the you, oat. And you made the cookies yourself? Yes, I made them last night. She, she telling the truth or no? She, yeah? I make the best chocolate chip cookies in the world. Okay. And I'm not in the cookie phase of my, my, my the cookie season right now, but I'm going to, I'm going to have a couple. Well, what I remember about you, Bobby, yeah. is you don't drink coffee. I don't. And that was like a really big like problem for me because I'm a huge coffee drinker and I thought we were going to sit here, have a little coffee talk, mm. but now we're not. So I figured I could bring you cookies. Now you're telling me you don't like cookies. No, I love cookies. You love That's cookies. the problem is that I love, okay. I, I love sugar so much. I love sweets that if I have one sweet, I have to have every, like I could eat that whole plate. Oh, me too. A hundred percent. But what do you mean you too? I, I, by the way, last night I'm watching. I just had a uh, whole medium pizza just to myself just now. Just literally ate the whole medium pizza. I feel a little ashamed, but like also satisfied. So that's so annoying. I know. That's so annoying you can do that. You can just eat a whole medium pizza. Oh, well, it was the Emmy squared ones. You know, those aren't that big, but it's so good. I had pizza. I, went, I was in New York last week, and I had like three pieces of pizza. I swear to God, I'm still feeling it. Oh, please. I promise you. And I don't eat, I don't eat bread. I try not to eat a lot of gluten. Oh, my gosh. I know. What? All of my, like, things. What Are, are your parents ripped up? <laughs> Like, I'm, I, I just wonder about people's genetics because you walk in, you have all, well, those, like yoga pants. Do you My come from workout working out? Here, yes. Okay. Are, you, are you going to work out or coming? After? I just put these on and make it look like I work out. Because okay. <laughs> I don't look like a slob in sweats, but I work out just like a couple times a week. But I have three kids I'm chasing after. But it's, cha- uh, wait, hold on. Okay. Let's go to your parents. Okay. Are they in great physical shape? Um. Yeah, I think so. I think my mom looks really good. Are you blessed genetically? To stay physical, because again, you, you have three kids, you bounce yeah. back. 
what seems to us watching from the outside, it seems like you bounce back pretty quick. I think it's a hybrid. I'm not going to lie. I think it's a hybrid between genetics. I really do think that has a lot to do with it. And then the other side is I feel like I'm just an energizer bunny. I am, I, I cannot sit still. So I think I'm just burning my own calories just by, I can't lay around. Like I don't know how to be lazy. It makes my brain crazy. So I'm just always on the go. So I think it's just kind of a both, but after kids, I get so determined that I want to get back to, it's not necessarily just looking good. I just want to feel better. And I feel better when I like have the weight off and I'm back to my, myself. I feel like it's just kind of a combination of just, I want to get back to myself again. Uh, and I'm not being a hater on genetics because yeah, I yeah. have them too. I only recently met my biological dad for the first time. Oh my God. And he's thin. And wow. I go, huh, well, if he's thin and he's, he's like 53 or something, mm -hmm. 54. If he's still thin, then why the heck am I working out and eating so crazy? Because genetically, I believe we're handed like 75% of our body 100%. by what was before us. Yes. We can affect it. And some people, like Mike D, lost over 100 pounds. Like he, mm -hmm. were your parents, are your parents big? Mm, no. I guess your dad's a, is a little. Like, yeah, a little bit, a little stocky. But I just wonder about you because. Genetics are everything. When I look, it's, it's honestly, now that you're saying this, Eric's parents, neither one of them work out either. And they are shredded. I'm talking shredded. Both of his parents, uh, like whole other level. You would think they like run marathons. And they don't. And nope. Nothing. Yeah, that's got to be pretty cool. Yeah, it's interesting. I was looking at that picture, I guess not today, but when you posted that picture of Eric with just a washed cloth over his ding dong. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, because even I look at that and go, that's pretty awesome. Like, And I love Erica. <laughs> And I was like, man, I wish, you know, one, I wish I looked like that. And two, I wish someone would even want to take a picture of me doing that. Even if I didn't look that good. I'm sure you have lots of girls that no, want to take pictures of no, you they, like they, that. They wouldn't you want, just got to shoo them away right now. They wouldn't <laughs> want to take a picture of me like, that's not my best form. Oh, right? please. My best form is like a sweatshirt and, and being funny with a microphone. But I look at that picture and, and you should go to Jesse's Instagram. It's And it's Eric, if I'm just recalling correctly. <laughs> He's like on the back porch or something, laying in a chair. We're in Mexico. Oh, okay, it's in Mexico, so yes. it's like on a, but it's like on a. It was a deck private. Or something. It was a private deck, so it was like a private, yeah. like little room we had, so no one could see him, and he doesn't like tan lines. So he's butt naked, except for like a little cloth. It was a bigger cloth. Okay, well then, he, if it's a bigger cloth, then that's a big too, because <laughs> he made that cloth look little. <laughs> But does he does he give you permission or does he suggest you take that picture? Uh, that one he did not realize what I was doing. A lot of times, like I just kind of do my own thing, and then Eric catches it on later. So with that one in particular, he did not. He thought I was just taking it for myself because what man would think his wife would want to post that on social media? So he just was like, "Huh, oh, just doing it yourself." Thought it was being funny. Few hours go by. And he looked at his phone and all I hear was Jessica. <laughs> and I was like, what? He's like, why did you post this? Oh my God, I'm going to kill you. I'm like, it's too late. It's been up for three hours. If I take it down, I look like a traitor. I look like a failure. That's I can't true. do it. It looks like a punked out. And he's like, all right. I mean, it is what it is. You're crazy. <laughs> but when you look like that, you're probably happy. Like if I look like that, I'll be begging people to take pictures of me naked. I mean, like, come on. he's just, you know. I think he's just used to my craziness. He's not phased anymore by anything. Is he bored? Is he bored? Yeah. Yeah, definitely not. Eric will never be bored. That's something he he'll tell you is I know that being married to me, he will never be bored. He loves being a dad, huh? Loves it. Oh my God. That's what I hear. And he said that to me too, but I hear from other people too. It's like, he just loves being a dad. Mm -hmm. He does. He's a good dad. Three I could kids. not do this without him. It's, I was watching your, uh, it wasn't even your, your show. I was, I was, I wake up at three in the morning, right? Yep. 
and most of those commercials come on mm-hmm. for the South Beach mm-hmm. diet. And you're like, hey, I'm Jesse James Decker. Yeah. And look at me. I'm on a beach and I had a kid yesterday. And, you know, and it's you walking on the beach. Do you, When they approach you for that, is there a pressure to lose it quick? Like, are you on a clock? I think what happens is, especially recently, because I people really got to take that South Beach journey with me from start to end. So I was already a South Beach um I was already with them. You know, I was a partner with them before I, you know, the last baby, I guess what I'm saying after Bubby, I'd already lost all the weight, but I was on South beach to maintain that weight loss. And, you know, this last time they saw me, I got pregnant and then had the baby. And I guess the journey began and people really saw it from start to finish. Um, you know, I will admit knowing that I had to shoot a commercial six months later, there was definitely was that sort of, Oh my God, like I have to be in a bathing suit and most women are not expected to be in a bathing suit at this point. So for yourself, you felt the pressure, just I you felt, put it on yourself. Yes. They didn't put it on me because they, they're just not that way. But for me, I felt the pressure because I wanted to look a certain way. And I am, you're, you're such a vulnerable state as a woman after you have a baby to begin with your body goes through so many changes and I'm, I'm nursing and I'm doing all these things and your body goes through so much. So to tell a woman six months after she had a baby, okay, you're going to have to be in a bikini and shoot this commercial. At first I really was, I did feel that sense of vulnerability and uncomfortable, you know, it was uncomfortable, but then, you know, I always talked to my mom and my mom was like, listen, this is why you are the spokesperson because you're taking this, people are taking this journey with you and I'm not going to be at my goal weight yet in this video, but I should be, I shouldn't try to hide out from that. I should just be like, this is where I'm at. I'm a normal human being. I have not lost all the baby weight. So those first commercials where I'm in the yellow swimsuit, I still am 15 pounds over what my goal weight was or where I was, but I just still felt like I could be authentic and be like, Hey, I'm not there yet, but this is how I am. And this is normal and this is okay. And so as soon as I had that sort of perspective in my mind, I was able to you know, not be as self-conscious about it. It's funny. I, I have a, a endorsement deal that I just signed and I'm doing the television commercials for the general, which is insurance. Oh my goodness. I love this commercial. And so I get to do the commercial with Lolo man, the cartoon, yeah, yeah, you, know, yeah. you know, for the right. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but I feel pressure not to have a car right right now. <laughs> Like I drive. <laughs> yeah. That's the same Bobby. <laughs> well, listen, it's not a, well, my only point is that's all out there. Like, yes, you are an endorser mm-hmm. and you know, eat good, look good. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not that endorser, but I'm a car insurance. I can't get in a car wreck. I can't text and drive and hit somebody. Right, Mike? They make pull my I endorsement. Mean, that, that is a good thing, though. We're very they, vulnerable, us men, we have wrecks. I, I understand. <laughs> that does have to be tough, Bobby. <laughs> I did see it this morning, though. and it was, I guess I see it almost every morning. Like, yeah, they play those a lot. For like, uh, like at the gym, I think, and there's like certain places that they, I hear. It did create a different fan base. I have an older fan base now. I have like posters of me from like 85 year old men <laughs> tell me they think they just think I'm the South Beach girl. <laughs> Are there people that will recognize you just from yes, that? Yes, a hundred percent. And it's older people. That's fine. When I was at the Super Bowl, I was walking the streets and I don't know what it was about the Super Bowl or what the age group was out there. I probably over the two days that I was there had at least 15 older people come up to me and go, are you the South Beach girl? Congrats on losing all that weight, fun. honey. <laughs> I was like, okay, this is, is what I'm known for. It's funny that the different kind of fan bases you gather from doing odd things because I did dancing with the stars and oh yeah i just did it because one i'd signed a deal with abc to do, to do a network deal with them and they said hey come on 
And they said, do like four weeks, you'll get kicked off. They're like, you, you've never, <laughs> nobody wins this show that doesn't have any sort of dance background, but they were very honest about it. Yes. They were like, come on the show, you'll get kicked off in four weeks, you'll go right to American Idol. And I was like, great. So I went on and I, I kept moving on. And at the time I thought I could win, but I didn't know because they kept saying you probably can't win. And so the show finishes, I win and I come back for lunch here and I was eating with um, Brett Eldridge, who's a, a friend of mine. And we were sitting and this really, really, I should be 90. Old lady was pointing at our table and I was like, Brett, this lady over there is trying to get some of that action. And he's like, oh my God. he's like, yeah, we'll, let's, we'll talk to her. And he goes over to her and, and she didn't know who he was. Oh she, she, my God. And she didn't know who I was except the guy from Dancing with the Stars. Oh my and God. And it was the first time that anyone in that kind of different world yeah. had recognized me for something other than what I do primarily, God, you know, so which is talk and write books, you know? It's crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. So I wondered that with your commercials, like oh, if anyone yeah. just recognized you from that. Totally different fan base. I was talking to Amy, my co-host about you today, mm -hmm. and she had mentioned, she, and now I apologize, I don't know anything about this, but she was like, hey, I love her store. And it's in the Gulch in Nashville. Yes. What What is the store? It's called Kittenish. Yep. And I've had this clothing line for going on four and a half years now. Um, I started it when I was in New York, when Eric was playing for the Jets and, uh, it has just grown into this, this business. And I felt like because the online was so successful, I wanted to have a brick and mortar. I wanted to have a store in Nashville. This is my home. I love it here. And I want to be able to have my hands and my eyes on it at all times. So I was looking for the perfect spot for about a year, to be honest. And then my sister was walking her baby cause she was living at the icon in the Gulch and she saw a for lease sign where the old subway was next to Barry's boot camp and took a picture and I jumped on it. And, uh, I'm so glad that I did. It's, it's been so much fun. This has been a dream of mine to always have a store and it's just exciting, man. How you know? long has that store been open? The brick and mortar store? A little under eight weeks. Oh, it just opened. Oh yeah. It just, Oh, it's fresh. Oh, it's fresh. And we had a huge opening day. There was a thousand people that stood in line wrapped around the building. And I, I remember just crying in the middle of it because I was like, this is just something I've been dreaming of since I was little. And I can't like, I can't believe I have this many people standing here to come and meet me at this store and, and shop and share in this with me. Cause this is something I've been wanting my whole life. What's it called? Kittenish. And what is it about this store? That's you. I think it's just the brand in general is just is, is being a confident girl and, and just sharing that good energy, you know, to be a girl's girl and the girl next door. But, but my goal is to make women feel beautiful and feel special and to, to, to make sure their self-esteem is where it should be because so many women are so hard on themselves and, you know, and I understand that I've, I was bullied as a kid and I've gone through so many different things myself that I just feel like part of my mission as a woman is just to make other women feel great. And that's all I've ever wanted. And so kittenish is, is that, and it's, that's what it embodies is making sure women feel beautiful in their own skin. And, and if clothes can do that, make you feel, you know, beautiful on the outside, sometimes it, it helps in the inside. And so that's, that's my goal. I make clothes for all sizes, um, all, you know, all styles. It's a ready to wear fashion. Um, and yeah, it's, it's been going really well. The move with the clothing stores to do a reality show, you know, what is it? Yeah, well, like the, the, you get a store, then you do a reality show about running the store. Oh, I won't be doing that. Like the Kardashians did that in Miami. Yeah, I won't be. I, you don't want to do another? I'm not interested in doing that. I just think that that part of the business should, I'm not interested in showcasing that side of the business. I just want to, you know, I think this, the store and the clothes and, and the line can sell itself just alone in that way. And I'm happy with that. I just don't, I don't know. I just wouldn't be interested in sharing that side. 
do you not like that process? The reality, you did it for how many years? Three, three, three seasons? seasons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I actually did not mind it and I'm grateful for it. That is why I'm, I'm here today, honestly, in this business and, and where I'm at is because of that show. And, you know, a lot of people don't know. I've, I've had four record deals. I've been signed since I was 19 to my first record deal. I've been coming to Nashville since I was 15 years old, hustling and grinding in this town. And we all know how hard it can be. And, that show is the show that gave me my big break. That was my break to be able to have a fan base. All I've ever wanted was an audience filled with women. And so that did help open those doors. So I guess with your question is I already had a show do what I needed it to do, which was create a a female fan base and an audience for me to showcase what I want to share in this world. And so that helped me be able to create this store. When, whenever, because I only had one odd reality experience and I kind of got to control my yeah. narrative because by the time that I was doing the dancing show, I was old enough to understand how the process worked. I didn't say anything I didn't want out there. Yes. Like I would go into these rooms for eight hours and not say a freaking word because <laughs> yep. I don't want them editing anything I was saying. Absolutely. Did you have that issue on the show? Did you have creative control when you were doing that show for the first two seasons I did not have creative control so they kind of threw together what they wanted and thank goodness it was shared in the in the most pleasant light you know there was nothing I looked at and cringed or thought I shouldn't have done there was a couple times where I would say things that were a little vulgar back in the day and they would chop it all up into like five minutes and it looked like I just talked like that for five minutes straight when it could have been five things I've said over the course of four weeks so that would be kind of frustrating but for the most part we were shared in a great light. And by the third season, I was uh, one of the executive producers and had full creative control. And uh, so my situation wasn't that bad. I didn't have any nightmares and I definitely am grateful for it. I have this new song. And uh, when this goes up today, the song is not out. Uh, people are listening to this in a couple of weeks. It'll be out. Uh, tell me about the song. The song's called Roots and Wings. And uh, I wrote this with Alyssa Bonagura, um, Shane Stevens. And, uh, you know... This is one of my probably favorite songs I've ever written in my entire life. All right, turn that up a little bit. What do I know Alyssa from? Sisterhood? Yeah, she's in the Sisterhood. Yeah. Sisterhood's opening for me on my tour. Oh, is that right? Yes. Oh, that's cool because they're cool. They're awesome. It's her and uh, Stuart. uh, Rod Stewart. Ruby Stewart. Yeah, Rod Stewart's daughter. Alyssa uh, is actually one of my bridesmaids in my wedding. I've known oh, really? Alyssa for over 10 years. She's one of my best friends. I didn't know that. So uh, we've written a lot of songs together, pretty much all my singles I've ever had, but she will be on the road with me. and It'll just be so much fun. So you go into a room and was this an idea that you had going in or is this one of those where you all talked about it for a second? No, I'd already written the hook on my guitar before I went in um, a couple weeks before that. And then the night before I knew I had the writing appointment. I always like to have come in with an, an idea I was sitting there playing my guitar with Eric, and we had the fireplace going. We we're drinking wine. I just started singing "Roots and Waves" and "Somewhere in Between," and he was like, "Oh, that's a cool song. Whose song is that?" I'm like, "Well, I'm just writing it now." And he's like, "No, I've heard that. That can't be you." And I'm like, "Yeah, this is something I'm working on." He made me play the whole thing for him. So then I went in the next day and I played it for for everybody, and they're like, "We're writing that today. That's it." And so lucky for them, they kind of had you know, an outline. Sometimes you walk into a room and it's like, well, none of these ideas work. Let's start over. Let's try to figure something out. You walked in with a skeleton already, huh? I like to do that as much as I can. I always like to come in with at least something in my pocket to provide because no one wants to waste anyone's time these days, especially I have three kids. I can't sit around doing nothing. So I always like to come and go and here's the idea. If you hate it, let's change it to something else. But this is what I'm thinking. So that was one of those. Would she have spoken up 
where they've spoken up and been like, this is not very good, Jesse. For sure. Cause I write with, with Alyssa and Shane all the time and Dave, who is at Big Old Dog as well, where I'm at Big Old Dog, uh, the publishing company in town. So I work with people. I'm not one of those that likes to write with people I haven't written with before. I, I'm pretty consistent with the team that I work with. I like to be comfortable and I don't want to have to not hurt anyone's feelings. So it's Alyssa would immediately jump and be like, eh, let's try this instead if, if it wasn't great. You felt good about this. Play it again from that from that I top part, really Mike. Yeah. So what has been your history with record labels? Because it seems like it's frustrating. I mean, and I know we've talked a bit. I know I have have vented to you off uh, off the record uh, before when we did the Miss America. You know, I don't know. I don't know what the situation has been. I've had, like I said, but you know, all my record deals have actually been outside of Nashville. But my goal is always to, my goal has always been a country singer. I've, I grew up yodeling in contests and, you know, country fairs and festivals and coming here since I was 15. And the only record deals I've ever had have been in L.A. or New York. Um, but I've always tried to make those country. And I think that might be what the issue has always been, is me trying to get these pop labels that are working with Rihanna and Bieber and Megan Trainer begging them to make these country records for me. And I just think the worlds are just so different which is probably, if I probably went to these labels saying I want to be a pop singer, maybe things would have been different, and that's their avenue. You can't go into Taco Bell asking them to make you a pizza. So I think this has been the problem. Um, I've never had the opportunity to be signed to a local Nashville company, um, and this is what they do, but I feel like there's many ways to skin a cat, you know, and I love singing. This is my number one passion, and I'm able to go out and sell out you know, a tour and play these venues for fans and I'm able to live my dreams and and sing this music, but I still have yet to really have a song on radio, which is something I really want. So if it's what you want and you need to change, are you now going to the national labels going, Hey, we should talk. I just left a a pop label again, another pop label. Um, LA Reid has been a huge advocate for me and supported me. He's signed me twice now, my first record deal and my last first one was to Island Def Jam and this last one was to Epic and he's no longer there. Um, but you know, I am free now at this point and do not have a label. And my goal is to sign to a Nashville label. You know, that is my dream. That's something I've always wanted. So here's how it works mechanically to, to get to me. That's a weird thing to say because I don't really program anything on a, uh, every station level. And we, I work for the biggest company and oddly, we don't have a national playlist. Mm-hmm. There are some companies that do. Yeah. They go, this is the playlist. Everybody must play it. And, you know, we're, for lack of a better term, size-wise, Walmart of broadcasting, but we don't Walmart our broadcasting. Yeah. So every program director can, actually has some authority in their list. Now, I can at times put things on my show, and I think for me, I'm able to pop things mm-hmm. and go, hey, labels, you should look at these people yeah. and then sign them. Um, but without a label, it's so hard. I don't I know. know I, I almost, I don't know, five acts in my history here in six years that have done it without a label. Yeah. And even when I've popped artists, what I've really done is pop them so a label then grabs them. Yeah. Because it's all about that that promotion. A hundred percent. And everyone goes, Bobby, why don't you take, you know, Sammy Sam Smith Smith and put them on and, and make them a big star? 
really nobody can do that. Yeah. Really nobody can take and just go one time. You know, Sirius can't do that. Yeah. Spotify can't do that. But what, what happens is you can take as one of, you know, a me or whomever and make the labels invest in you. Yeah. And I think that's, that's you know, that's what I did with the Chris Jansen or, you know, mm-hmm. Warner said, hey, oh, wow, look at what people are doing. We should sign them. And then that story has become kind of a fairy tale because it didn't happen as fast as people think it did. Yeah. Like I popped them and then it took like four months. And so I wonder as you're, as you're talking about this, um, you like, you have to get to a Nashville label. Oh, and I totally agree. And I feel like this is, I feel the best about it than I ever have actually about the whole process and where I'm at right now. You know, I've, I've got such a great team around me. I've got a great publisher, great management. I've got such a great team around me and I'm actually free from a label for the first time in a long time. So I'm like free to go down that Avenue and, you know, I'm excited about this tour and about this song and everything. And I do feel like this hopefully will grab the attention of a Nashville label. And I could be signed to a label for the first time here and really be a part of this community because I really love it here so much. I, from the bottom of my heart, I really love it here. And you convince me. Oh, I'm just saying out loud. Like I just, I love it here. And my husband loves it here and, and it's just, this is our home and it would just, oh, it would just be so special to be able to, you know, finally be signed here, you know? I'm going to throw it to a commercial real quick. <laughs> it's a situation no one wants to experience during tax season, right? But with the breaches in the last couple of years, your information may already be exposed. And that could lead to an unfortunate discovery, finding out that a cyber criminal stole your identity and filed for your tax return. The good thing is there's LifeLock with Norton to help you protect against things that could happen to your identity and your devices. If you become a victim of identity theft, well, tax-related or not, LifeLock will work to fix it with a dedicated identity restoration specialist who's assigned to your case from beginning to end. Plus, with the addition of Norton Security, you'll also have protection that blocks cyber criminals from stealing from your devices. Listen, of course, no one can prevent all identity theft or cyber crime or monitor all transactions at all businesses. But you can join right now and get 10% off your first year. I have it. I love it. It's helped me out before. Many times, actually. Just head to lifelock.com or call 1-800-LIFELOCK. Enter the promo code BONES. That's BONES for 10% off your first year. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots, and Tacova's is your next stop before attending your next concert. Tacova's has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring. You're talking about men's boots, women's boots, um, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tacova's boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition, timeless style, always on trend. And Tacovas has first wear comfort. Little to no break-in period. Like, it's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Plus, direct consumer pricing keeps the value on your feet, the money in your pocket. So stop by your local Tacova store. Have a complimentary drink. Shop the new styles. You like the smell of leather or no? I love it. Yeah. That's what the whole store basically is. Fresh leather. Yep. Friendly staff. Or like the smell of staff? <laughs> I don't know. I guess I'm sure they smell good there. Many stores have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. What a gift, too. Regular live music and events, there is no in-store experience like this. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecovas.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S. Yeah. Yeah. Tecovas.com. Find your new favorite pair of boots today. This is the year to stop overpaying for your family plan. So choose a straight talk wireless family plan. Unlimited data, talk, and text on a reliable 5G network. And you can get a new line starting at $25 per line per month for four lines. Plus taxes and fees and no contracts. That's good decision making. Available at Walmart and on straighttalk.com. Family plan discount with four lines. All on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. In times of traffic, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic. Video streams at up to 480p. 
Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson. How did the biggest names in outlaw country start a musical revolution? Through one woman's vision from one tiny living room. Don't miss Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in the new scripted Audible original, The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer and the Birth of Outlaw Country Music. Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the outlaw country music movement and its biggest stars. Brewer shaped the sound and soul of country music as we know it today, despite never picking up an instrument herself. Lovingly dubbed as the Boar's Nest, Sue's place was an intimate staging ground where a new breed of singer-songwriters, wounded souls, wayward upstarts, that's where they would spur each other and tap into something bigger and something realer. Starring Mandy Moore and featuring Eben Moss Backrack as Shel Silverstein and T.J. Osborne as Johnny Cash alongside a full ensemble cast. Audible invites you to enter the boar's nest and experience the rise of a musical revolution. One woman, one time, one place. The boar's nest. Sue Brewer and the birth of outlaw country music. Listen now at audible.com slash the boar's nest. Okay, so how about... I'm curious to know what the pitch is. Like you go into a label, let's say uh, Sony says, come in. Yeah. What do you, Jesse, when you go in, like they say, okay, like what, what's, what's the plan? What do you vision uh, as the, the Jesse James Decker 2020 music special? It's so funny because I feel like things have changed so much. The first time I went into Nashville record labels, came in with a guitar player, I would sing to them. And that was, you kind of auditioned and, I think I'm so new with what's happening these days. I'm wondering, are artists still doing that? Are you still going in? You you do mostly though, just to, if you're super young. Yeah. So that's on the entry, entry, entry level. Okay. So at this point too, you know, when you, maybe you can tell me what, what do you do when you go into these labels? Do you go and say this, do you just pitch yourself? And this is, this is what I'm bringing to the table. And this, you know, I think that, and not just labels, I think anywhere, would like as much of a built-in base as possible because it makes it easier on them. It's mm-hmm. all about return on investment. If they're going to spend a million dollars on your promotion, they want to yeah. be able to make two and a half million dollars back. Well, I feel like I'm bringing that. Yeah, and I do too. I think you you come with a lot of that. Um, f- for example, if I were just to use myself, a lot of the TV networks go, oh, I may not be the best. Ho- I'm not Ryan. Ryan's the best at, at hosting. I, I do something a bit different. But they go, oh, he's got this audience already built in. So he's pretty good and he's got a built-in audience that sometimes yeah outweighs really good with no audience now, you this think is, labels want that you think they want an audience already built in i think it helps like i mean nashville labels i think it helps i mean i think if you can go in and say how many internet followers do you have a few million three yeah you walk you have three million instagram followers it's just all about being able to promote and have them spend the less to get the most a hundred percent and, and I, also have really good songs. And I do feel like I do bring that to the table. Yep. I have, and that's why I'm saying I can't sit here and complain. Oh, like things aren't great because of that. They are great. And I have, you know, the fact that I'm able to sell out rooms, 2000 people myself, and I am not on the radio and I don't have a record label, but it's because these people want to come and I'm able to, I put out my last album. It was the number one album in the billboard charts. And I, and there were other people that had number one songs that didn't have that. And it's, and that's, you know, a way to showcase, I have such an amazing fan base. These girls are amazing and they support me so much. So, and, and I'm just, I'm hoping that a label does see that and, and feel like we can partner on this together because I'm bringing, I have, I'm, it's there. These girls are here. I have the audience. I also think that it's advantageous more so now than ever to actually be a female Yeah. because I think proactively, labels are going, oh, we really messed up. And although it's not where it needs to be, it's going that direction. And you're always betting on trends anyway. Yes. 
Uh, they were, you know, every, it seems like, just to digress for one second, every dude in country music, most of the dudes, you can't tell them apart. If you're just a, a, an average country listener, and again, I say this as someone who knows these guys and likes these guys on a personal level, but I can tell you through research what I've seen, the average listener doesn't know the difference between a Michael Ray, a Jordan Davis, uh, Brett Young's kind of growing out of that a bit, but all these guys sound the same because they all kind of feel the same. Mm-hmm. It's because they kind of look for the same kind of thing for such a long time. Because it's working. Because it's been working. That's exactly it. And I think it gets a bad rap. And I wrote about this in my first book where people would be upset at like Florida Georgia Line. What they do except create a whole new sound. Absolutely. That everybody mimicked and everybody made money off of. Well, then let me ask you this. What do you think the issue is with the women? What If you were to come in and go and everyone were to say, Bobby, what is the problem? Why aren't the women working? What would your answer be? Well, my answer would be that it's not going to work tomorrow because you, you don't want some sort of revolution where you flip things and go, okay, now we're even. It's You want an evolution and that starts with the uh, recreation of the culture. I think six, seven years ago, what's, what happened was, not I think, I... And a bit, I've been a bit educated on how a bit it happened. They weren't developing female acts from the ground up. Mm-hmm. And if you're not spending money on 20 female acts, developing 20, you're not going to have two just playing the odds that actually do break it. Mm-hmm. And the more that you're not cultivating uh, any area, it could be bands or females or classic country or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, the less that's actually going to break through. So as they're reproducing all these acts and sounds and getting a lot of the producers that are super successful, then if it's working here, why will it not work here? Everybody's just recreating the same thing to make money. We're in a money business. Mm-hmm. Money business is, is the same thing, but you know the, the music business is just to make money. Like we do it because it fulfills us, music or writing, but you know, record labels don't do it for charity. So they go, what works? Okay, let's try to chase that. Mm-hmm. And if a sound like, let's use traditional country, let's take women out of it. Yep. If traditional country is not working, why would we spend a bunch of money on 10 traditional country acts? So you think their thought process is it's, women aren't working, so why spend money on At it? the time, yes. Now, what's happened in the last few years is you've seen a few female artists pop and sell and uh, be consumed in more than just streaming downloads, mm-hmm. like uh, even shows. Yep. You know, A lot of deals with 360 deals now where it's uh, the label gets a part of tickets and merch and, and all that. It depends on how you, how you do your deal. Um, but I think there's room there and I think people are also starting to fatigue a bit of the same sound, which happens with any sound in any format through the history of time. Yeah. So now you're trying to guess what's next mm-hmm. and two things are happening. One, I think that, I mean, a, a lot of these middle-aged and older white dudes just look like dicks because <laughs> I mean, just looking at it from afar, it's like, yeah. why are you holding women back? When I don't think it's a holding women back as much as it is, they're just chasing what's been shown as successful. Mm-hmm. I don't know a single guy that has made, and, and I've known some dudes that have made some bad decisions in music and uh, A&R and A&R yeah. and that go, oh, we just, we don't, why would we want a woman? Mostly they go, how do I find something that works right now? Cause my bo- I got to meet a bottom line in the next three months. Yeah. And what happens is that creates a bad culture. Yeah. And I think that's where we have been where the culture with females hasn't been there. So you can't grow a farm if you don't plant the seeds. Mm-hmm. So I think the seeds have started to be planted over the last couple of years. Yeah. And now you're starting to see some occasionally more so are popping up. You know, the fish come up for the food. Sometimes Mm -hmm. more fish are coming up for the food um, than has been in the last few years. And so I would think for you, it's a great time. Mm -hmm. And I say this to other, but you're also really good. Like there's a difference too. some artists will come and they're like, Hey, a female artist, like, what do I do? And they're just not ready yet. Mm -hmm. Either vocally, you can really sing or they're not ready for 
it yet, mm-hmm. like to be thrust upon them. Yeah. Um, but I would think for someone like yourself who is good mm-hmm. and has a following, it's just all about the songs. Yeah. If you go with three songs, mm-hmm. three songs are just like holy crap. I mean, yeah. That's that's kind of where it starts. That's a long answer. Yeah. But I but I think it's right, and I think that it's all about timing too. And I'm glad that you know my 19 year old self who was on the road with Jonas brothers, I'm glad it didn't pop off then, you know, I wouldn't have been ready, but I feel like, you know, I'm 30 years old. I feel like I've never been more ready for this part of my life because I've done so many amazing things, but the music, it always comes back to music. I always have that just in me. I can't help it. I just played the Opry last weekend. And I'm just like, every time I do, it's just, it is, it's just in me. I can't, I can't let it go. And so I feel like this is definitely the time. This is, I feel it this year, you know? I feel like it's a good time for someone like yourself too. I don't know what's happening in these meetings. I don't know how, you know, if you're so easy to work yet. with. Or, okay. Well, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know how you're pitching them. I don't know what that, so, so we haven't taken, we haven't taken them and I just had a baby last year. So I was taking some time yeah. and just kind of getting everything together, you know, but I feel like I've definitely planned it out where, you know, I'm going on the tour this year and I'm, I'm playing stagecoach, the main stage, which I've never done before. So that's really exciting. And I'm just, I'm, I'm putting all these things together and getting this EP ready together. And we're going to go pitch it. And hopefully, you know, a label has the same passion that we do. The great thing too about going in with a body of music is you already have the body of music. Oh, absolutely. And I, and that's the thing. Again, I've been in this business mm-hmm. and I've been doing this since I was 15. And I, you know, I know my sound. I know the artist I am. I, I, I know who I am. You know, and I, I feel like I'm just, I hope they, they like it too. Stagecoach is cool. Played it a couple years ago. I've never done it before. It's cool. It's far. I've never even been there. Oh, you'll like I've it. I've never even been to Stagecoach. Because again, I, listen, I I don't know LA that well. The past few years I've had to go a lot, but I grew yeah. up in Arkansas. We didn't go to Los Angeles. So that's all new to me. Yeah. So you fly into Los Angeles and then you drive, then you drive for like two hours. <laughs> and it's pretty, because I guess Coachella j- just happens yeah. maybe like two weeks before. Mm-hmm. And it's the same spot, but it's huge. I'm so excited. Yeah, you should be. It's really cool. Are you, you going to be there? No, no, I'm not going. I, Jesse, I'm at the point now where I don't <laughs> I don't have FOMO ever. I'm sure you don't. I'm not going to Las Vegas this weekend for ACMs. Uh, why? Because the ACMs won't let me on the TV show because I'm on ABC at the same time. Oh. So, so they're just like, no, we can't let you, Bobby? No, they we won't let you. literally said you know. Yeah, they won't let me. What? Are you not I, upset about that? I was very irritated. Yeah, I mean, I'm irritated. It's like your community. It's my community, and I'm on the board. Like I'm, oh I'm literally God. on the ACM board, where I make all the big decisions. In <laughs> yeah, it's a little touchy subject, but I'm I'm literally on American Idol the same night. Okay, but so is Luke, and I'm not compa- I'm not comparing myself to Luke Bryan in any way. So Luke's not going to be there either. Luke will be there. He's performing on the show, and then he's just hopping a plane. No, because it's not a live show yet. Oh, it's been it's taped. the last okay, show before taping. the live show. Oh my lord! But they won't let me on the show. Oh my gosh, I would. And be there's so a, upset. and there's another radio company doing the pre the pre interviews. I'm like, who cares? Like, I just statistically am the biggest personality in the format, and the fact they won't let me on it does irritate me. Because regardless, because don't you want to pinpoint and be like, who is the person that is you're going to get me in trouble now? But who uh, is this person? I know who the people are that are keeping me off the show. But it's like, what's the point though? Like, who who is this to placate other radio companies? Like, what is this really about? It's to placate other radio companies because it's still stupid. Isn't this really about the audience and what people want at home? Isn't that why you're putting this show together? Who knows? You would think. But that's not for me. But I'm not going to <laughs> Las like, Vegas. You're getting me worked yeah. up. I'm like digging, going, what is, who is this? Who's the person in charge? But I've had to remove myself. And it's something that I think you've had to do a bit too. Remove myself from a lot of this political yes. feeling inside of me because 
Just if, step away. If you're always in it, you're always irritated by it because it doesn't stop. And and honestly, in the end, as long as you still have, you know, your thing, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It really doesn't matter because you're, you're just going to keep chugging along. And nothing matters anyway, mm-hmm. except to your people. Yeah. Like, there's so much happening and all the senses are being hit all the time. Mm-hmm. So somebody can put out a song this week. It's a great song. You, and think about what you consume. It's still there next week, but you're listening to the new stuff. Yeah. News comes at you so fast. Like nothing really matters to other people about what you're doing, except for you and your very small group of mm-hmm. like, I, we're in a niche audience world. If we have our niche, you really uh, serve them well and it spreads more so than, hey, general population, I want to be this for everybody because that doesn't last. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I like, I have my people that, are, that I work with and work for and I do what fulfills me and I just can't get upset about this stuff anymore. I have too much other stuff to do. Oh, you do. You've got way too much to go on. So I will not be in there. Vegas. Oh, are you, that's are you such going? a. Fu- I am. You I'm get- presenting that night. Oh, screw you, man. <laughs> She's on the show. See, look at you. You're bigger and You're better. You're on the board. You're probably one of them that said she can do it. <laughs> yeah, good for you. Yeah, they won't let me on. Um, oh, I know. I can't believe that. Nah, it, again, you can because it happens to you in different ways, too. It totally does. But like I said, and like what you're saying, I. It used to get me down years ago, but now I'm just like, you know what though? It's not stopping me from doing yeah. my thing and I'm, I'm happy and it might be in my own world, but I'm happy here and I've, you know, it seems to be working out for me. So I'm good. You already have all of your, your clothes and stuff, your dress ready? Uh, yes, but I changed my mind today. So I'm are, not happy are you doing that. multiples? No, for the weekend? no, no, Listen, no. I, I don't know. I, don't, I know. don't think so. I'll wear the same thing on the carpet as I do on TV, but I'm doing the ACM after party performing. So I'll probably change into like a pantsuit, something more comfortable. Well, look at you. You're doing all the things now. Oh yeah, like absolutely. You're, you're to- I think that's a good thing too, to show that because as dumb as, or as awesome as it is to show that you are part of the community, like absolutely. doing, that's a good thing. I think, and, and I want to do those things, you know, and I want to be a part of it because like I said, this is my home. So I want, I want to be a part of this. What's up with this tour? I'm excited. Yeah. I'm so excited. What, what, how long is the tour? There's 20 dates. I start on my birthday, April 12th and, uh, Denver, which is going to be a lot of fun. That, that one's sold out already. So that's exciting. And, uh, we'll be playing places like the beacon, um, and Rosemont and Chicago. I mean, there's some fun dates out there. Do you start in Denver because you have a, a pretty cool base there because you lived there for a while? No, they just set it up like that. But it turned out that it was actually the first on, you know, on the tour and my birthday and it just kind of all worked out. So I feel like it's just going to be a fun celebration. I just denied it. I'm back. I haven't toured in almost two years and uh, I'm just, I cannot wait. I really, that's one of my favorite parts about, you know, doing what I do is the performing part. You're taking the kids with you? Yeah. Can they go? What is, what is this month? April? I bring them to some of the things like they'll go to at least 75% of this tour. So they'll have like their own little bunks and everything will be all set up. How your youngest kid is one year. He just turned a year. Wow. Really? Little bitty. What's how old is the oldest? Five school yet or no? Yep. The two older ones go to preschool. And how's that for you? It's good. Yeah. It's good. Cause it gives me time to get some work done and we have a routine. We wake up and Eric makes their lunches and he takes them to school and then I pick them up. So we kind of have the same routine every day. So my work stops at about two o'clock every day because I go get the babies and yeah, I make dinner and all the things. You really do? I'm, yes, You're not I full make, of nannies? Full nannies and chefs? No, I'm not. A hundred percent, no. Butlers? <laughs> no, no. I, you know, I, I, I just like to be as, I guess... I don't want to say homemaker, but I grew up like that. I grew up watching my mom do those things. So it's not a sense of I have to do those things. It's a sense of I enjoy doing those things because I grew up with a mom who would work and then 
come home and have our school snacks and make dinner from scratch every night and those, you know, and wake up and take us to school. I want to be able to do those things because it felt good to me as a kid to have it done for me. So I want to make sure I can do those things. And if, if work gets in the way of me being able to be a mother to my children, then I just don't do it. And I feel like putting things in that kind of perspective have brought a lot of light into my life of, of balancing things. If you put the things that really matter to you first and prioritize, I feel like everything kind of falls into place in a, in a good way, you know? Mm. That's what I need to do. I need to prioritize and get me a You do. Woman. You need to put a chart together. Yeah. Someone taught me to do this once. Make On a pie top. chart. Woman. And you put percentages of the things that matter the most to you. Yeah. And then slowly eliminate the things well, that Well, right don't. now it'd be like 98% work. <laughs> I probably should shift that down a bit, huh? We got to find you a lady. Yeah, but that's been said for a long time. I know, but I have set up two different people who have both gotten married. They have gotten married. But you don't want to ruin your streak with me because I'm a streak breaker. Oh, you're not a streak breaker. I feel like I'm like really good at this. Okay, well, you let me know. Blonde or brunette? I mean, what do you mean? Are you comfortable talking about this? Yeah, I'll talk about whatever you want. Whatever you want. Blonde or brunette or a redhead? Um... I don't really, I mean, I, I don't really have a preference like so much. Yeah, I mean, I just like somebody, here's what I like. Tall or short? It doesn't matter. So you could date someone that was like 6'3"? I dated a volleyball player that was 6'1". Once. Whoa. Mm-hmm. So, and I was, she was as tall as I was, and wow. it's cool. I just, I want someone who is so independent that it almost drives me crazy because I need that. Yeah. You don't like needy. You don't like no. It makes you crazy. Makes me crazy. We're both Aries, so I completely understand. You need someone that gives you the independence, lets you be you. Not doesn't isn't needy is capable of taking care of themselves, but still gives you enough of the chase that you always have wonder a little bit what they're up to. But you know that you they don't depend on you all the time because that can be draining. Yeah, I think that's pretty accurate. Sure, I think that um, you know, I think it's the point in my life now where I'm like, what do I what, what am I doing anything for if I can't share it? Yeah. So. You know, that's a thing too. But then I kind of have to watch out who I date. So I don't date a lot. Why? Because who, I don't want, you know how people are. I'm not trying to date. Yeah. I don't know if people just want to go out with the guy that's on the radio. Yeah. Because that gets to be a thing. But I feel like we're in enough of a community where everyone's cool and like, you know. But, but you're then, in a, we're in enough of a community where everybody knows everybody and everybody's kind of done everybody. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> then you go outside of the state like I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> Bring yeah. the person in. <laughs> so, I, listen, I wouldn't, I, you, you, I'll probably break the streak. I'm a tough one. I've had some serious girlfriends. I'm going to think on this. I really am. I've had like, I had a five-year once. Yeah, you did. A couple one years. It's all good. I don't want to talk about me. I mean, I will, but this is not about me. Um, let's see. You mentioned <laughs> earlier. What else do you want to accomplish, Bobby? You've done no. radio, you've done TV, done books. What else is there that you're interested in doing? Talking about you some more because you <laughs> have mentioned earlier about the Jonas Brothers tour. Yes. The, the urban legend is that you were kicked off the tour. It didn't end. It just didn't end well, I guess. Not in a bad way. I, I think the issue was... Um, these women, these, I guess, girls at the time were so in love with these guys. They were very protective. So as soon as I was announced that I was going on this tour, there was outrage from the chat rooms and people went crazy because I was a young girl on the road. They were worried I was going to like go date one of the brothers, which I was not interested in doing. So there was a little bit of a, of a problem with that. I did at least half the dates and then they were just like, oh, it's not going to work out. So, so they came to you and said, it's but not I, I never out. talked to the brothers. I never even saw them on the tour. If you did half the tour and you didn't meet them. No, because I was the MC for the show 
And I was the opener. So it was me, then it was Jordan Sparks, and then it was the guy. So we just never crossed paths. You mean you're in the same room, but you, moved, you didn't cross paths. We just, like, we, we, we didn't like see each other. Like, you literally crossed paths. Not really, no. Like, I didn't, I, no. They just, never came over and said, was, hey, opening act. No. Well, that's kind of douchey. Well, they were young. They were that's young. true, we too. Were all but young. we're all young we were and douchey. All kids. I'm not saying it wasn't douchey because I was young and douchey. I'm 39 and douchey now. Well, I've run into them now and it's great. But yeah. I'm just saying back in the day, we were just all kids and awkward. Like no one really, you know what I mean? Um, so I didn't take, I mean, I didn't take that personally, but I, I don't even think it was the guys that were making those choices. Oh, I'm sure it wasn't. It was the teams I'm Absolutely. sure around us being like, there's outrage from the girls and that, and honestly, Bobby, that was a huge problem for me in the beginning. I think I was sexualized so much. If you look at the music videos from back in the day and I'm in booty shorts, like I was putting Maxim, all these things that I think were trying to be done that just like, wasn't probably the right direction for me. The only fan mile I ever got were from men in jail. So I had no female fan base at all. They had to disable the comments on cmt.com when they would play the videos because they were so bad from women. So I knew I needed to do a reality show. That, that was the plan. To humanize you. Yes, I knew. And I remember begging my label the first year, even before I even met Eric, we've got to do a reality show because they were doing one on Cheyenne Kimball back in the day. Yeah. And my president that was dealing with me at Mercury did that show. And he said, no, we're not doing reality shows. But I knew in my mind, and I was very set on that, if I do a reality show, I think women will like me and they'll get to know me and know I'm just a girl like them. I'm just a girl next door like them, and I think it would help change things. And that was always my mindset, which is why I always had my goal on I need to get a docuseries because I was getting kicked off Jonas Tours. <laughs> yeah, that's, it, it's funny because it's, it's not an artist thing. I say you haven't met. That's their people. Yeah. It's always the people's people. Now it's up to you and thinking their kids. But I say this about people like Taylor, Taylor Swift. She has the best people. Yeah. And that reflects on her. Yeah. And people are like, well, but Taylor's people did that. Yeah, but Taylor hires those people. Mm -hmm. Like a bunch of who you are is who you surround yourself with. 100%. And, you know, with, with me and my radio show or like my team or my assistant or, or like, I know that that's a, a, that's like a fork coming off me. Yeah. And, but they're kids. You don't know what you're doing. I mean, we were all so young, yeah. you know what I mean? So I don't think about it now, but, you know, I've run into them on for things, you know. When we all lived in New Jersey, um, I think a couple of them lived out there, Danielle and... When you were, what, when Eric was with the Jets? Yes. So we, 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 uh, we all lived in the, kind of the same area. How'd you guys meet, you and Eric? I don't know the story. We met through a friend. We were set up um, through a friend over the phone. I was on the road, and he was in Arizona. It was kind of... Um, it was like, he was out there for just training and stuff. You know, a lot of athletes go out to Arizona for that. And he was having dinner with, uh, a buddy of his and a girl he was seeing. And this girl knew that I'd just gotten out of a relationship. I was kind of down on the dumps and she just said, I have somebody for you. I'm out to dinner with this guy who's gorgeous. And I, I feel like a, he's your type. And she sent a picture of him and I would like sworn off men at that point. I'm like, I'm done because this guy had done me wrong. And she sent a picture of and I was like, oh, my God, this is probably the most beautiful man I've ever seen in my life. And she showed him a picture, and he surprisingly knew me. He knew my song and started spouting out lyrics and stuff. Um, so he got my number, started texting me, and we I chatted for, uh, for like eight weeks. Then he invited himself to meet me in Nashville, and we spent one weekend together. And on the way to me dropping him off the airport, he asked me to be his girlfriend. Like we were like in middle school. He's like, <laughs> he said, I, he pulled out his phone. He goes, I'm deleting every girl I've been talking to in my phone right now. And I hope you do the same. Oh, that's pretty a baller. Yeah. He said, I hope you do the same because I want to see where this goes. I was like, you know what I said to him? 
well, I just met you, so I just need to think about some things. <laughs> and then how long until you were married? Uh, we got engaged a year after that and a year and a half after that we were married. So we were together two and a half years before we got married and we've been together now eight years. Where did you live first with him when he was playing pro ball? Denver. Oh, that was cool. Yeah. I was actually moving out of Nashville for a while cause I got so burnt. I had another record deal that kind of went down in flames and I just was kind of pretty depressed to be honest with you. It was just not in a good place. So I was going to move um, to L.A. and live with a girlfriend of mine who was going through a divorce, actually. And um, I was going to write out there and just see what happens. And I met him kind of in the middle of all of that. And I told him I was moving to L.A. And he was like, no, you're not. You're moving. I'll feel like I'll lose you out there, he said. I need you to move to Denver and live with me. So it was kind of tough for me because I'm like, what am I supposed to do in Denver? But it was honestly a blessing disguise because it gave me the opportunity to really get that foundation right, you know, because this is the man I was going to have babies with, spend the rest of my life with. So it was good to really create such a strong foundation because now, you know, we're just unbreakable. So then you go from Denver to New, New Jersey. You're living in New Jersey. We go to New Jersey. Yes. Well, how was that? You got signed by the Jets. Uh, it was definitely a culture shock for us. You know, he grew up small town, Minnesota. I'm a Southern girl, grew up in the South my whole life, little country towns. New York and New Jersey was just very unfamiliar to territory for both of, both of us. It was really like a surprise, but we actually grew to love it so much. And to this day, we miss New York and New Jersey. We lo- I like felt like I found my people <laughs> in New York and New Jersey, probably because we're all Italian and I am Sicilian. But I, oh man, it was, it was a really great experience. And then you ended up in Nashville with him. You were coming back to Nashville anyway, but that's, that's good, huh? Yeah. Our home was already here. So our, that's where we would, we'd live there during the football season to come back. We always had our home here in Tennessee because we knew we'd settle down here. So it's kind of coincidental when the Titans signed him for one year. Um, so yeah. And here you are. And here I am and Here you are. up the street from you. Wait, um, do you live in town? I live in like downtown. Right I thought you there. lived in Brentwood, like all the other rich people. <laughs> <laughs> or no. like down, down. No, we're right outside of Green Hills. Oh, look at you guys. You're yeah. like, a, you're common folk like we're, me. We're right here. I, everybody lives like, everybody gets a farm and moves. Yeah, I can't do all that. I, I want to be close to, that's why I live in Nashville. So I can be close to Nashville. I always say, if you're going to live all the way out there, you might as well live in Alabama. Well, then I can for sure get your plate back if you don't live down. Yeah, I live right down, down the street. Down below Brentwood. Uh, uh, your book, last time we were talking, your book was just coming out. Yeah, it How came was that? Out. It did great. Yeah, I thought it was a bestseller. It did. It yeah. made the list. So we're we're buddies on that. We're both bestsellers. It did great. Um, and I've signed on for another one oh, now. Really? Yes. <laughs> right, good for you. I have. Uh, I'm doing a cookbook now. My first book was called Just Jesse, and this one be called Just Feed Me. So I'm excited. Have you started? Yeah, I've got about I've got a hundred recipes I'm supposed to put in, and I have sixty two down. I refuse to put anything in this book that I have not made or is not a recipe of mine. So I just keep track of all the notes of recipes that I remember or that I invent or something, and then I make them to make sure that they're fabulous. So you really do cook this stuff, huh? Oh yeah, absolutely. But I come from a long line of cooks. All my my grandmother's Sicilian. All of them are just these Italian, Sicilian, Southern women that just cooked everything. So I'll make homemade bread at home. Like I want everything to be, you know, from scratch. Look at you. I yeah. Cooking. I'll make you some dinner sometime. Making music. I'll tell you what. You find me a girl. Okay. I'm not even saying you should find me a girl. But if it ever happens, we will come up with this. Me and this fictional. Do you like gumbo? I like anything if it's with a girl. Gumbo. (laughs) Just not peanut butter or mayonnaise. Other than that. I'm all good. Peanut butter and mayonnaise. 
I don't like either one of them. Oh, you don't like I don't do either together one of them. or no, just no, period. As long as there's no peanut butter in it or mayonnaise in it. I think I'm gonna make you peanut butter cookies. Yeah, that's true. But I wouldn't have told you. <laughs> so you could actually be hating oatmeal cookies right now. <laughs> I love oatmeal cookies. Okay. Though. I do love oatmeal. I love oatmeal. Uh, I didn't. I mean, I guess I knew last year that you were a big American Idol fan. I love American Idol. Because you texted me a couple nights ago. Oh my God. You don't even know. We're like, my family's obsessed. It's like our, that was what we would watch as like as a kid all together. And since it's back, all of us are on group messages talking about our favorite people. Like we really, really, really love the show. And my favorite is Lane, if you were going to ask me. Lane from Louisiana. I love him. Lane is a kid who was on last season, but did not make the top 24. I was devastated. I also was a little sad he didn't make it last year. And this season, so far where we are now, he's in the top 20. Yeah. He's been crushing it. He's grown so much. Talk about like someone that is really coming to their own. Got a good haircut now. Like He's got some swagger. Yeah. He's not that shy little Louisiana boy anymore that kind of looks down when he talks to you. He's like, got, he's a man now. I don't know that I would say it like that. He is. He has grown into this man. He's got this confidence. You feel like he's gone and he's had his experiences and he he just seems like he's really just developed now. He a little definitely bit more. has something about him. <clears throat> you know, when I interview him and I talk to him, I don't talk to him a lot off camera. He's still really shy. But he when he plays, like it's it's game time. It's really cool to see him kind of transform. There's a lot of artists like that, though, where they're, they're really shy in person and that's just who they are and they come to life on stage, you know? I don't talk to people when I'm not on stage or on microphone. I'm as shy as can be. Really? I keep my head down and don't want to bother anybody. <laughs> I feel like I have anything interesting to say. Um, yeah, Lane's good. Who, uh, who else do you? I, I, I don't want to tip anything off. Is there anybody no, else that the you can other, remember? There's someone else that I really like. Because um, we're still at 20. It's kind of hard. We're still at 20, so I'm still having a hard time remembering mm. everyone's names. But you'll know exactly who I'm talking about. There is a girl in there that with really long platinum blonde hair, plays a guitar. Yeah. She just played something recently. Yeah. I, she just followed me on Instagram today, She's, too. um... Her she, name is... I'm struck. Uh, Kate Barnett. Let me see the picture. Oh. So I can make sure it's her. She just sang something recently. This is her. No, that's, that's not, not her. her. No. Okay, go ahead. She played acoustic. Mm -hmm. She's got a real sweet mama. Oh wait, uh, Lacey K. Yes, country girl. That's fantastic. Like one of my Love favorite. Her. Like she's so good. Has no idea how good she is. Are we still talking about the same person? Lacey K. I'm Booth? not talking about the 16 year old. No, I know Lacey K. But she did. Uh, I, I want you to want me from. Yes, and it was like that's a her. different range. Like, yeah, I think she is really special. So she's there's something very really unique about her. Yeah, she's good. Um, and then there's another guy that sounds like, um, oh, he's like an old soul. He had, he like lost all this weight, and he's he lost a bunch of weight. He lost a bunch of weight. He's like in really good shape now. That was kind of the storyline of it. Um, he's he sounds like the guy that is it sings. Ryan? Oh yeah, Ryan Hammond. He is phenomenal. Yeah. yeah, it's you know last season they were pretty good. This season are really good. Oh, like there's like seven of them that I can see right now that you do, that <clears throat> just don't know. Like they they could all win. Yeah, like I mean they're they're really good. But it's interesting because I was watching because I, I tweet along with it, um, and you'd send me a text message, and I was like, oh yeah, I forgot Jesse's a big American Idol fan. Oh, totally. Yeah, that's totally. Cool. And you're crushing it on there. Do you, are you having fun with that? Yeah, I really like the people. Yeah. It gets to be a grind at the beginning because there are 500 people and you're spending time with everybody. So the days are like 16 hours. Yeah. So th the days aren't that fun. You like when you can get to the point where you're being intimate with these people one-on-one -on -one and having yeah. these conversations. Yeah, and they trust me and I can really 
yeah. and, and really get to get stuff them. out of them. Because a lot of them grew up like I did. I had never went to New York or Los Angeles until in my career. And I was like, what the crap is happening? Yeah. They brought me here to work and I've never been somewhere like this before. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of them are experiencing that. And so, you know, I have a limited skill set, but in many, many areas. So that's well, kind of why they brought me in. Connect with these people yeah. and get them to tell you things and be vulnerable and feel okay about it. Yeah. Which I think is why you're there so that they can, I don't know, really tell their story because that's, that's what, what it's they about. Want. Like it's so much, uh, you know, just getting away from idol, but so just in the music business, uh, it's so much about story. Everything. It's all about a story. And all people want is for a way to relate and go, okay, I'm not alone in this. I've been through this. That is all anyone wants. I feel like in this world and society is to go, okay, this person went through this. I went through this too. And I don't feel alone in this world now because I'm not alone in this. They I want to relate and root. They want to relate with absolutely. to you and root for you. And if you can do that, then you can be successful. Absolutely. Uh, uh, Scooter Braun, I did a project with him and we were talking about music show stuff. And he was like, man, these people would come in and they would crush it. They would just sing their brains out. And I'd be like, oh, I haven't heard anyone like that in a long time. And they'd be like, hey, what's your story? And they'd be like, well, you know, I was, mom and dad are rich. And they just, and he's like, it's not a story. It doesn't matter how good you are. No, like no. you have to, you have to have a story. Once when we're doing Idol, um, <clears throat> this girl comes up and they're like, hey, so we know, tell me about yourself. And she's like, well, I have acid reflux real bad. And that was like her story. <laughs> I was like, it's the worst story ever. Like just stop eating the tomatoes, you know, <laughs> there you go. The Take story's over. Attack, honey. Yeah, this, the story's <laughs> over. So, so much of it is a story. <clears throat> yeah. Because there are a lot of people who are really good. There's not a lot of people who can actually connect with people. No. And also not. be really good. Yeah. And, and I, well, I think that's what separates the successful ones, you know, from the rest. That That's all people want is when they see a person on stage singing these songs that they can go, I know this person is going through this and they're speaking to me and, and I can relate to this person this way. This person is making me not feel like I'm an outcast anymore. Because ultimately majority of us feel that way. The, the majority of us feel alone in some way or another in our own way. And it's just about what person can make us feel connected to that. I think you can go to the website and see all the <clears throat> tour dates. Yeah. Yeah. Go to jessejamesdecker.com slash tour. You could see all the dates there. Got a um, new EP in the works. Got a new EP in the works. How many songs are we thinking that's going to be? Five. Okay. Going to do five. Um, first one will be roots and wings off of that one. Um, but we've got, we've got another one called, I need a man. Another one called, I choose you already done. Another one called, I appreciate. Oh yeah. All these are done. We're ready to go. Look at you. Yeah. Got books, got music, got tour. What do you not have? You got 3 million Instagram followers. Do you do, do you do, um, sponsored ads? Sometimes. Well, if it's things that I really use and my team knows that I'm like, don't send me something unless I use it and I really like it. So I think it's easy to weed those kinds of things out, you know. You know, for example, when Beef Jerky, when they wanted to team up, actually, that's in my writer on tour. I really like Beef Jerky. I like protein. So when they asked if I want to partner, I'm like, I only want to work with companies if I actually yeah. use your product. I was having a conversation with my, Do co- you? my co-host today. Well, that's it. So she says, hey, these people are coming at me just for me to buy Instagram commercials. And I said, well, let me tell you how I do mine mm-hmm. because I don't tell you how to do yours, but I can tell you mine is that. I'm into it for the long play with my people. Mm-hmm. And I don't want them thinking that I'm ever selling uh, an Instagram post for the sake of just making, making money. money. Now, we're all working. Absolutely. We're all trying to pay the, pay the, pay the mortgage and, and pay the car payment. Like, yep. make no mistake about it that there are commercials on this podcast. So this is all for business. However, you know, I want to be as legit as, as I possibly can because that's even a good business move for me. Absolutely. Because I'm playing the long, long game. And so I have three that, I'm, that I do. 
somewhat regularly. I do the general mm-hmm. because I do the general and everything. Yep. They have my Jeep. They, yep. You know, I so I do the general. I do Metamucil mm-hmm. because they. I was using Metamucil on my Insta story. Like guys, I know I'm, I was I was 37. And I was like, I take fiber. I was doing little fake commercials, but yeah. I really do. And so they said, Hey, will you be our? I was like, sure. Sometimes that's what happens. Yeah. And I had no idea. I wasn't running that's after what it. what happens for me. I'm telling you nine out of 10 times. I swear to you. It's because they've seen it in the background of a post yeah. or they've seen me talk about it just naturally. And whenever they ask, Hey, do you want to partner? I'm like, well, I really like this product. So I don't mind raising awareness about it. But you know, if it's something good, like sometimes I'll represent a company that is about vitamins, you know, I take vitamins every day, you know? So if it's something that's not going to hurt you or it's something I authentically use, I don't have a problem doing it, but you, I've been offered many, many, many things to post terrible, about terrible things. Yeah. things that I'm talking six figure deals for terrible things yeah. for you. And I'm like, no, I, I, it just doesn't, it's not worth it to me in the long run because then I'm, I'm lying to my fans. I'm lying to my audience and they are very smart. They can smell right through it. And then they so don't look at do anything it? you do then again the same. They don't believe you. They don't right. trust you anymore. So like, why, why bother? And I see a lot of people doing just ad after ad after ad. I'm like, listen, I understand everyone's got to make money and, and I guarantee you anyone that's following would never turn down these deals if they were offered these deals. But we're putting ourselves in this position to begin with. And we're in the spotlight. It's our job to be as honest as possible. And don't lie to people. And if your brand is authenticity, then yeah. it's got to be your brand. A hundred Because as soon as it's not, it almost never will be again. Agreed. The only other, I do Bose, the other, other one that I do, because oh, yeah. I travel with those headphones. Well, of course. Yeah. Absolutely. And how would you not, the Bose is the cool. Absolutely. But and it's just like me with South Beach. I, I, no one ever says anything to me about that because I think they genuinely know I use it and I know everything about South Beach. If you ask me right now, I could tell you that whole thing from top to bottom. Well, I believe you. That's why Cause, I Because it's something you. I genuinely yeah. do. And I was with a girlfriend in the car the other day who was asking me about it and interested in getting on it. And I'm driving and I'm in LA and I sat there and I probably spent 20 minutes talking about South Beach. And she looked at me, she's like, okay, like, I really feel like you're starting to sound like a commercial, but it's because I knew everything about it. And I was like, you need to try the popcorn, you need to try the breakfast sandwiches. <laughs> and honestly, the muffins, get the blueberry ones. Those are the best ones. I was <laughs> just running through the whole thing. But back to the authenticity, people know when you're being honest, they know, they know if you use something or you don't. Well, you've done, we've done an, a solid hour here, yeah. huh? Look at this. Solid hour. Oh, wow. I think your assistant's annoyed. She's walking around. Are you around. annoyed? She's pacing herself? <laughs> She's pacing. There's a spider over there? Are you sure it's a brown recluse, though, or are you just... <laughs> She's just sitting there Googling. <laughs> hey, Mike, do you take a picture of that, will you? Yeah. So apparently there's a brown recluse in my house. Those will eat your face off. You know, I'm not that scared of spiders. I'm not scared of them. I just... <laughs> she is. Are you, Is it that big, or are you just that... That's... Will you uh get will you get rid of that mic? Yeah. All right. Want me to smush it? Are you a bug bug smusher in your house? Or are you scared of bugs? I'll kill spiders. That is not a brown recluse. Mike, is that a, is that a brown recluse or is it just a little spider? No, I'll. It looks like a little spider. No, I googled it. I will not kill ladybugs. And I won't kill the stink bugs, but a spider, I'll kill a spider. What do you think about that, Mike? This is a little spider. This little, well, listen. Let's look at it. Can you she's identify bringing this? bringing us the picture. On the white paper, it looks pretty cool, though. Like she's. Okay, I think you're right. Look, look. Just okay. step on it. That is a brown recluse. Okay. That is a brown recluse. That, get it, get it. I don't know if that's a brown. Regardless, we took care of you it. You got it. We took care of business. Nope, it's still alive. I see its legs wiggling. Add Jesse James Decker. Follow her on Instagram. <laughs> are you killing it or are you taking it out? 
You, you want to have it as a pet. All right. Um, we've done an hour, and any longer, you're going to run into my spray tan time. <laughs> Are you getting a spray tan? Oh, I have, I have, I have a girl that comes over like every week and a half. I do too. Because I have to. I mean, if I go and get on that TV <laughs> you know, show. You're telling people this. Oh, I don't care. Like I say, it's about I'm trying to be as real as possible. I go and I get under those lights on those TV cameras. Do you get totally naked or do you wear boxers? No, she does, she's never seen my penis. <laughs> I, I don't wear boxers though. I wear briefs and the, like a boxer like briefs. like a G-string. So you can like, no, your high knee's probably I don't need pretty that. pale. It's my, I don't think my butt's ever been tan, ever. But I roll them up. Well, if you start putting a towel over it and lay it out in the sun... Get everything I, tan. You know, no one's going to see that part of me oh anyway, really. Oh, my Lord. Well, if you have that attitude, they won't. Yeah, I know. Okay, everyone's going to see my butt and penis in the next few months. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I meant a girl. Mike D walks back. It's like, what's this about? <laughs> what happened? We totally shifted this. Uh, we're not doing Love Line. <laughs> okay. Oh, my yeah, God. So, okay, Listen. listen. Penis. Um, Mike, give me a little more of this song before we uh, before we get out of here. This is uh, Roots and Wings. Roots and wings. Comes out on the 14th, so if you're hearing this before the 12th, then, the 12th. Wait, what day is that? My birthday. Was that a Friday? I don't know. They told me the 12th. Oh, well, look, let's see what day that is. I think it's Friday. Okay. Well, then I was wrong. Please was humbly worried. accept I was my apology. That I was no, wrong. you weren't. It's a Friday. Uh, so the, it comes out on the 12th, and that's when the tour starts too. And uh, all the dates at jessejamesdecker.com. That's right. Go slash tour. It's good to see you, my friend. Good to see you too. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, we killed a spider. We talked about my penis. We pretty much covered it all here today. Uh, this is episode 160 of the Bobbycast, and uh, we'll see you guys next time. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots, and Tacova's is your stop before attending your next concert. All Tacova's boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tacova's has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. Stop by your local Tacova store. Have a complimentary drink. Shop new styles. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tacovas.com. T E C O V A S.com. You can probably spell it. You probably know it. Tacovas.com. Find your new favorite pair of boots today. This is the year to stop overpaying for your family plan. So choose a straight talk wireless family plan. Unlimited data, talk, and text on a reliable 5G network. And you can get a new line starting at $25 per line per month for four lines, plus taxes and fees and no contracts. That's good decision making. Available at Walmart and on straighttalk.com. Family plan discount with four lines, all on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. In times of traffic, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic. Video streams at up to 480p. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your your perfect home sweet home.